episode here of the sister wave our mission is focused on commentary from two sisters dedicated to empowering educating and collaborating with the community through our latest topics focus on personal development cultural history and social action you can expect the flow of the show to include weekly topics centered around a monthly topic features of us highlighting amazing women us answering your listeners' questions, and occasionally interviews and reports on current events to keep you updated on the new waves of life. So thank you so, so much for tuning in and enjoy the show. What's up? What's up, y'all? Welcome to another week's episode of the Sister Wave. Huh? Look, if you haven't tuned in before, then welcome. And we are super excited because guess what? It is a new month. So with new months, you know, comes new topics. And I'm especially excited because not only is it a new month, but it is 2019. So it is also a new year. Turn up. It's 2019. Happy new year. You know, so (laughs) I'm super excited. Um... Because me and Ty basically wanted to use this month to just discuss transitions and just the different transitions that we go through in life. And we wanted to each share our personal testimonies in regards to just transitions that are currently happening with us. So I'm excited to talk about this because I feel like, um, you know, it's I think at the beginning of the year is definitely a good time to reflect, you know, and make goals and plan all that good stuff and granted you know you should be doing this throughout the year (laughs) of course but I truly believe that um you know it's something special about the different seasons in our lives and New Year's is definitely something I feel like you you should get excited for you know it's it can be um you know one of my friends on Instagram it said you said like every year above ground should be your year and I truly believe that thank you Koya for that but I truly believe that because you know every year that you are alive should definitely be a year that you are trying to you know just be your best self at the end of the day and live your best life you know And so I just wanted to get into um, Millie here, you know, I just wanted to get into my own personal testimony, Um, well, not testimony, just, you know, I guess just updates and things that, you know, I've been transitioning with um, this past year and moving into 2019. Um, I feel like this 2018 was definitely, definitely a transition year for me in a lot of different ways. Um, and it's, it's looking back on it, you know, it's, it feels like one, it feels like the year went by so quick, you know, like, I feel like I was just like 
celebrating New Year's last year. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, what? What? And that just goes to show that you have to be intentional. Your time is very intentional and you need to be intentional with your time and what you do with it. And I think that's one of the biggest things I have learned this year. Um, Because for me, I think... One thing that I've really been trying to work on in the year of 2018 has been just discipline. Um, and I've gotten discipline. Um, it's a couple of things. We'll And we'll talk about all of these things, of course. But um, discipline, um, just, you know, my spiritual walk, what that looks like for me, um, you know, just learning to be at peace you know in all these situations that come my way because there's a lot of times where I feel like before um I was constantly trying to do too much um and I feel like God this year has really you know he's been kicking me like you know you need to get certain things but done, but also you have to trust in, you know, my timing and trust that things are going to play out in the way that it plays out when it's time to play out in that way. <laughs> so I hope that makes sense. Um, but, you know, so I've, it's just been a lot of, you know, um, digging and healing. A lot of healing is happening this has happened this past year, you know, um, so yeah, so I think, okay, so just thinking about kind of, I'm just gonna kind of reflect on, you know, what was kind of starting at the beginning of 2018, um, I was, that was actually a time where I was transitioning jobs, um, and I'm in a job now where I love what I do, and it's, you know, it's very rewarding to feel like you're, you know, when you feel like you've kind of been like in a rut in certain aspects or you feel like, you know, I think I think one thing that happens when people graduate sometimes, especially if, and you know, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but it's like, you know, school for me was like my safe haven, you know? So it was really easy for me to, look at school and kind of allow that to be, um, you know, it just helped me in a lot of ways when it came to like routine and things of that nature, you know? So when I graduated and I was in a place of, you know, even though I, my, the job that I was working, I enjoyed it, but I also at that particular time, I was in an office pretty much all day talking to clients, adults, um, doing case management with them. And I realized that I don't know if that's really my forte, you know? And so now I'm working with kids. I'm working specifically with teenagers, um, and, you know, doing things that I love to do, like pouring into them and, you know, helping them to understand their worth, um, as a woman and as just a teenager. I'm sorry, I'm a little sick. So if y'all hear a little sniffling, I apologize, but, um, yeah, so just, you know, going from that, so I guess that taught me, you know, that I really don't see myself in a traditional nine to five 
atmosphere, you know, like it's cool, but I like being able to um, explore because now my job now I get to explore the city. I go to about 10 different high schools here in Nashville. And so it's interesting. It's been a very interesting journey. You know, I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of social workers in general don't get enough, um, you know, kind of recognition and things for the stuff that they do. Um, some people think you're just playing with kids all day and that's really not what it is because <laughs> a lot of these girls are dealing with deep seated emotional trauma and it's helping me to just look and see the fuller, the big picture, um, when it comes to just like being that I was working with adults before now working with teenagers and seeing where a lot of their issues stem from. And I do feel like a lot of it, I say this, you know, multiple times, it really, a lot of it really boils down to parenting and the way that a person is raising their child, you know, or, or, not raising their child, you know? And so when you have these kids that are in these environments and they are, you know, looking for, looking to fill voids in all the wrong places, um, or they're dealing either, and a lot of it's from the trauma of them growing up or them having people near them that have left them or, um, you know, there's, we have a lot of people, that we deal with that, you know, suffer from, well, not, will have suffered from like sexual violence and things of that nature. So it's just been really, really eye opening for me because I don't, I feel like when I was growing up, I kind of lived in a little bubble uh, because my grandparents were very, very protective over me. Like I cannot, I was, yes, my family, we, I was that child in the family where, you know, I would come home, hey, granny, can I go, um, can I go to, ain't, not Amy, but, um, Sally Sue's house, woo, 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 and they'd be like, no, you know, like, I could never go over to people's houses, I could never, like, do anything, like, I pretty much, until I got in high school, um, I was pretty much like in my house a good majority of the time growing up. And I honestly see why now, because it's so much stuff that goes on, you know? And, um, I think when you have somebody, I think I have just been able to really feel fulfilled from doing the work that I'm doing, because I know that some days it can be really hard hearing the type of stories that I hear on a consistent and daily basis. And there's, and I, because I am an empath and I feel, you know, these kids pain a lot when they're talking to me because they do feel comfortable opening up to me. Um, it's hard for me to deal with and I don't always talk about it. But um, I'm learning that, you know, thanks to my lovely mentors, that are always, you know, looking out for me <laughs> um, when I talk about this with them. It's just, you know, I'm learning that sometimes I have to kind of just plant the seed. And at the end of the day, it's maybe something that they don't catch on uh, onto until years down the road, you know, but they're going to remember that Miss Camille told them this, you know. And so I find a lot of joy and fulfillment in that. And so 
I think it's also really made me just evaluate myself a lot as a woman, you know? And so I guess that can kind of go into the next point when talking about just transitions and things that I've really just been noticing for this year. Um, has just been really focusing on myself. And I know that can sound so cliche, you know, but I feel like I have been very distracted in the past. Um, And that was something, you know, at the beginning of this year, it was like I was still healing from... um you know, just relationships, like where, whether it had been, you know, a romantic relationship or just like friendships that I just evaluate and evaluate my relationships. That's been a big thing. Um, because I realized that I put a lot of time and effort into doing and being and constantly, you know, being that person that's always giving to other people, but very rarely was it reciprocated, you know? And granted, I don't do things to get things in return, but I've come to a place in my life where I am just learning the value of, um, you know, equally yoked relationships at the end of the day. And with that, it's like, um, I was talking to another <laughs> mentor of mine. That's a great transition. I will say that I have been very blessed with this year is to just be around a lot of amazing black women, um, that have really helped me this year. Um, just in different ways and so many different people that y'all know, I love all y'all and I thank y'all seriously because, um, to be around genuine people that want the best for you and that aren't looking at you as, you know, or, you know, don't feel threatened by your presence in certain aspects. Like it's not, cause I'm going to be honest. I feel like we as black women, sometimes we get intimidated by one another and I don't even think that it, and it's, and it can come and it comes from a place of our own insecurities. Let's be real, you know, but it can be that competition factor. And I I do, I blame a lot of it on our culture and just our society that paints this picture of, we have to be fighting one another, like, you know, but that's not the case, you know, and I'm learning, I've learned a lot this year that there are genuine people in the world, but I also have to be open to that and open to those people um, and not base all of my, um, and not be afraid to be myself just because I've been in kind of not so good situations in the past with people, you know, cause it's going to happen. You're going to have your bad apples with every bunch. Um, so at the end of the day, it's like, I've, I've just truly been, you know, evaluating my relationships with people, um, healing, from said relationships because I do feel like I've I I've I'm working on being accountable for my actions but also understanding you know if there's something that I feel strongly about and I genuinely don't feel like I'm in the wrong about 
you know, sticking by that and not allowing another person to make me feel like my opinion or my feelings are not valid because I feel like I've done that before. And it gets to the point where you'll have people calling you crazy for thinking the way that you're thinking. And it's like, no, I'm not crazy. Like, you're kind of acting a little strange, you know? <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty level-headed here, you know? Um but so with that, um so that's where like just introspection and just really like um evaluating myself when it comes to just things that I have been codependent on, you know, whether it be um you know, just little stuff like drinking too much wine, you know, or with my relationships, you know, feeling like I had to, um, you know, entertain a person or whatever the case may be, like evaluating that and seeing and really truly looking at it and seeing where it comes from. And then also, you know, praying. That's one thing this year that I have really been, when I'm going to talk about transitions that has really helped me, um, I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. Once again, at the end of the day, you know, I know all of our listeners have different beliefs. So um, I can only speak from my own experience and what helps me, but that's something that I cannot leave out just because um, I know I have, I, I pray for just the things that I see that I struggle with and then being open to God and really listening to what he's telling me versus just trying to lean to my own understanding, but really listening to what he's saying to me and not being upset when he says certain things. Cause you know, I do feel like there's times where I have in the past, you know, I've tried to paint a picture or I've tried to fit certain pieces of the puzzle together that God never wanted to be together, you know? And I, I, for example, so, (laughs) okay. So when I, the beginning of, it was more, this was back in 2017, actually, but I had started working on a business plan, you know, and I pretty much kind of just went, did it. Um, I had the idea. I didn't pray about it. I just was like, you know what? I'm about to go do this photo shoot. We gonna do it like this. And when the pictures came back, it was like, I really did not like, I didn't like it. Like I didn't like it. And so, you know, you're, so now of course it's 2019. So it's like, um, that's something in the transition, you know, y'all will see soon. Y'all will definitely see soon. Um, I have a couple of projects that I'm working on that I don't necessarily, we'll, we'll share when that time is ready to come in these next couple of months. But, um, I basically just did it, you know, versus, um, really taking the time to pray about it, asking God, like, is this something that you're wanting me to do? Um, and making sure that I'm doing it for him versus just my own selfish, you know, wants and needs and desires and just, you know, humbling myself in a lot of different ways. And so it's like, um, I feel like if I would have taken the time before to just do it, you know, pray about it, meditate on it and see if this is 
where I'm led to do it versus like just scattering and doing doing it. Um, I would have saved myself a lot of in between unnecessary time, you know. And so that's why I was saying, I know, I'm sorry, y'all, if this sounds a little like all over the place, because I have my thoughts. I just have a lot on my mind when it comes to this year, because it's just been so much. But, um, you know, that's why when I was talking about just like discipline, that's something that I've been praying for. And I, I really do see the fruits of that. You know, am I saying that I'm perfect no, but have I gotten a lot better in a lot of different ways? Yes. So, and I know that it's only up from here, you know, if I just have to, you know, stay focused and making sure that I continue to keep him first and um, whatever it is that I'm working on, making sure that I'm doing it for the betterment of the kingdom, not just doing it just to get clout you know <laughs> so um and I know that I'm going to be blessed because of that and I've also you know I've just had to really like evaluate um stuff like that because it's like you know we do a lot of things sometimes and we feel like you know oh yeah God told me to do this because this is what we wanted to do but God may not have put his um seal of approval on it and we put our seal of approval on it but we doing something that he never told us to do and trying to make it seem like it's a god thing and it may not be a god thing you know so i just had to take inventory of that and that can apply to a lot of different stuff you know because it's like um you know like i was talking about like with relationships and stuff um i was just i've in a really i'm in a place now where it's like, I'm just very careful about what and who I allow into my energy. I was reading something on Facebook earlier, y'all. Um, and I'm going to wrap this up really soon. Um, but I was reading something on Facebook earlier. And it was basically talking about like these peaches, right? So you have these peaches. And um, if you put like a molded peach with the peaches... Of course, the peach that's next to the molded peach is going to start to mold, right? So it was saying, basically, it's the same thing with people. Like, if you are you allow people in your space that are giving you bad vibes and bad energy, then that is eventually going to rub off onto you. And so I just had to... I, that was like... That was a word for your girl. That was a word. Because I was like, you know, that's really true. It's really true. And it's like... um. I just have to be careful about what I allow in my space now. And it's like, for me, um, <laughs> cause I've, I've just been having a lot of conversations about just like dating and like stuff like that. Because, um, you know, I was talking about how the beginning of the year, um, I was just kind of like recovering from a relationship, um, with a breakup where, you know, I didn't realize how much it really took out of me until I'm looking back now. <laughs> and granted, while at the end of the day, um, that person is not a bad person at all. Um, and I don't wish any harm or any wrongdoing, anything on him because he is not a bad person. But it's like, 
it just it's like you don't realize that you're breathing fresh air until you really get until you're uh you don't realize how much you're not breathing fresh air until you feel like you're smothering you know and then you get out of it and you breathe fresh air and you're like oh my gosh like what and why was I putting myself through this you know when I have a choice (laughs) in the matter you know and so it's like I really, um, I had to heal from that, you know, and I'm still not, and it's not at this point, it's not even like him. It's more so just all of my, um, trauma, I guess you could say when dealing with, um, I guess my idea of men. And I'll say that because I've, I've had to evaluate one, why I was choosing some of the men that I was choosing, because a lot of it, I do feel like stems from some of my issues, um, with the men in my immediate family in my life, you know, in certain aspects, the relationships that I've had with them or the, or how I've seen them treat the women in their lives in certain aspects, you know? And so it's like, and seeing it from my mother and how, you know, just how she deals with men at times. Um, and there's a lot of codependency going on amongst, amongst both and not just in my family, just in general, I feel like, um, I've seen it with like my young girls, you know, that's why a lot of them are in, um, you know, I work with a lot of teen moms. So, um, just imagining that kind of dynamic there, um, of wanting these, these guys that aren't necessarily reciprocating, um, certain things that are given to them, you know, because I do feel like it's like the, our society now we have painted this picture of just a timelines of where it's like, you have to be this certain age and it's not and at this point it's really not an age thing but I do feel like millennials we do have a lot of pressure um at this particular moment in our lives and I'm sure it was the same for people that were in their 20s you know that are in their 50s now whatever the case may be um but it's just like you see all your peers getting married or you see everybody's in a relationship and you're like okay you know and not even, um, also, and I'll, I'll disclaimer, disclaimer. I am a advocate for love. I love love, <laughs> you know, I love black love. I love love, but I do feel like sometimes we, as we, we live in this generation, this Disney generation, I've talked about it a little bit before, I'm sure of where it's like, we, I, at this point, it becomes an idol to, you know, marriage and, you know, just being, being with somebody and the wedding and the dress and, you know, all these different things. And it's like, but I, I feel like a lot of people don't see what really goes into that, you know, and, you know, we're, we think that, okay, getting married to this person is going to change them or they're going to, or even just getting into a relationship in general, you know, that's what, that's my thing. Like, that's what I've had to learn is just, 
I've had to evaluate my whole span of dudes that I've dated and realizing that in these relationships I've been in, a lot of times I saw a lot of stuff from the beginning that I should have took heed to. And because, um, you know, there's a saying that says like, when you're a spiritual person, when you're a healer, you're going to attract damaged people. And I truly believe that because a lot of these dudes were coming to me wanting, wanting me to be like a mom figure, you know, or wanting me to kind of like fix things for them that they weren't willing to necessarily work on themselves, you know? And I did so much for them, you know, like, I was doing, a, I, I've, I've done some, some stuff, you know, like helping, I've helped to do pay certain things like paying bills and, you know, just doing stuff like that, you know, <laughs> writing people's papers, stuff like that, like that, you know, I'm not your wife at the end of the day. Like I should not have been doing all of this stuff. Like, and come to find, and because I was doing it, it was like, he, he took a lot of that for granted, you know? And so I say all that to say, or they, (laughs) I say all of that to say, it's like, I just have to be more intentional about who I allow to have my time. And if that person is showing me certain things or showing that they're not truly interested in me in certain aspects, um, from the get-go, because that was, I I feel like, and not that they weren't interested, but that they truly are wanting to make a commitment, you know, to where we're on the same page mentally, emotionally, spiritually, to where, you know, because sometimes it may just be that we're on different pages and we have different ideals and viewpoints and morals about certain situations and that is completely fine but that also means that this person may be somebody that I should not be with or spend my time with and so now it's like when it comes to dating and things of that nature um I'm very I guess you could say I'm picky (laughs) but and I've had to just kind of check myself because you know sometimes dudes be popping up out the woodworks and you're like what's going on? Like, where'd you come from? Where'd you come from, sir? You know? And so, (laughs) and granted, you know, I've also had to get out of my head. Like, okay, just cause you meet a dude, that doesn't necessarily mean that this is bae. Like, you know, and not that I think that from jump, but of course, like if you meet somebody and you think, oh, this person's kind of cute, you know, you know, it could be, you never know, you never know. But I've had to just kind of, you know, just letting things naturally happen but also setting boundaries because it's like I don't want to just be okay with um a dude thinking that he can just kind of you know pop up pop in and be um just doing whatever the heck he wants to do because that's not what we gonna do you know so yeah I don't know at the end of the day, um, that's just not my main priority right now. Um, it's one of those things, like, if it happens, it happens. And, um, 
But at the end of the day, I'm going to continue to just, you know, try to build myself, build my brand, get my life in order, get some discipline. Um, And then I think that honestly, once I do that, you know, Mr. Wright's going to come. He's going to come. He's probably lurking through the bushes right now. But it was like, uh, (laughs) like that, um, like that meme was saying, um, my future husband's probably laughing in some, um, somebody's face right now. And it said, hold on, a true queen is on her way. A true queen is on her way. So I truly feel like, uh, you know, I'm just praying to the Lord that, um, praying for my future husband and praying that, um, praying over all aspects of my life. But in that situation, praying that, you know, he blocks these um crazies from coming at him basically while I'm building myself and get myself right for myself first for myself let's be clear not for him but for myself you know so that's how I look at it and um so that's just been so that's also been the transition and then just you know really taking time to like not feel bad about self-care and I was practicing it before, but, um, and I'm gonna wrap this up because this is like 30 minutes, but, um, I was practicing it before, but I don't think I was practicing it in a more intentional routine way to where, you know, every day I woke up and I did something for myself or I woke up and I meditated and read a book or, you know, wrote, you know, journaled in the morning, whatever the case may be, like, that's one thing that I'm working on doing more this year. So, um, yeah, so that's just been kind of some of the transitions that have been happening with me. Um, I feel like I'm leaving some things out. Like I said, you know, just my spiritual walk, my prayer, uh, my prayer walk, just being intentional about that time. Cause, um, you know, just enjoying my singleness and, you know, not looking at it as a bad thing or a disease, but just looking at it as a season where I can focus on myself before, you know, that time comes for me to get married. And I'm not having, I'm not only having to think of myself, but having to think of other people too. So, you know, that's what I feel like a lot of um, married women have told me is like, you know, enjoy this time. Cause you know, once you get married, it's not how everybody paints it to be and it looks in the movies, you know? So just enjoying it and being intentional about making um, relationships with other people. Um, I created a meetup group, so I'm super excited about just like connecting with other um women that are like-minded and things of that nature this year and forming and building those genuine relationships with people and friendships with people and not being afraid to do so like I said and you know just being more disciplined in every aspect of my life my finances um just my oh my health journey um I've been cooking more I've been cooking more y'all um, I'm proud of myself because, and see, that's another, th- that's what I'm, that's what I really wanted to talk about when I was talking about just um, evaluating myself, like, and just the stuff that, like, because I used to, I actually used to cook a lot, but I only would cook for my then boyfriend, you know? So in my head, I'm having, and even like my mom, like the other day, she's like, 
I was cooking something and she's like, oh, you're going to make a good house, a housewife one day. I said, mama, I'm trying to learn how to cook for myself, not for no um, funky Negro. Like I'm trying to learn how to cook for myself so I can survive, not for him. Like it's now granted, that'll be a plus when that time comes. But it's like, you know, I've, I just had to really evaluate just like my priorities and what I do things for, you know, it's not for nobody else. This needs to be for me, boo boo. This needs to be for me. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up the transitional, um, segment of what we were talking about. Um, just be on the lookout for just new things with the sister wave, new things with Millie talks truth, new things with dope first mom. Shout out to Ty. I'm super excited about that. Super excited to meet baby Nova. So, you know, it's just a lot of amazing things that are going on. And I truly feel like 2019 is going to be a great year. Like, I really, truly believe it's going to be a great year. And I really hope that you all, you know, take some time to definitely um, go into this new year with a plan. Go into this new year, you know, thinking of the things that you want to accomplish and work wholeheartedly at trying to do said things because, you know, time waits for no man. And at the end of the day, um, as we see how fast 2018 went by, don't let another year go by. Don't be like me, y'all. <laughs> Learn and get it and get it. You know, get your priorities together now, you know. And that's what I'm doing. And, you know, that's what I feel like, you know, towards the middle of the year, um, I started to get a lot better. And, you know, I've noticed the fruits from that and I'm going to continue to get better because I have no choice. The only way to go is up now in my sweetie voice. So, yeah. All right, you all. So thank you for tuning in. What's up, y'all? So we are featuring an amazing woman this month. And for our woman feature, of course. And her name is Jay Renee. So Jay Renee is an innovative, visionary, charismatic speaker, groundbreaking author, and a serial entrepreneur who is passionate about who is passionate about seeing transition in every life that she has an opportunity to influence. She is hailing from the proud Clarksville, Tennessee area, where she is the daughter of the late Pastor Riley and Pastor Angela Jones. After receiving a word from God, starting stating that it was time for her to get out the boat, she ended a successful career in the beauty industry as a hairstylist and makeup artist. She left Nashville, Tennessee, and now is relocated in Atlanta, Georgia, where she now resides. She is more focused than ever on walking in, in the totality of who God has called her to be and changing the world through both ministry and marketplace. Jay Renee is a published author, the owner of Boutique Jay Renee, an online women's clothing store, and the women, the founder of the Visionary Academy, an online training and resource center for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs. Though a woman of many talents, Jay Renee is most passionate about using her voice to educate, inform, and impart into the lives of others her heart for teaching and use of candor and transparency has created a unique platform that allows her to be effective in both sacred and secular arenas 
From colleges and universities to women's conferences, Jay Renee travels the country as an itinerant speaker offering life-changing messages that equip, empower, and propel people into destiny. When asked to summarize her um, life's mission in one quote, Jay Renee stated, I don't believe in taking potential to the grave. When I die, I want to be all used up and I want every person connected to me to be used up as well. So thank you so much, Jay Renee, for everything. So I, um, I'm trying to remember when I discovered her. It's probably about two, it's probably about three years ago. And I literally just came across her page. I'm like, who is this woman? Like, she just looks amazing, you know? And after following her for a while and listening and, you know, to her Facebook lives and stuff like that, um, she's just really inspiring and, you know, she's not, um, she kind of reminds me of Sarah Jakes, you know, I am inspired from the Clatchet women in my life, (laughs) but Jay Renee makes it very clear, you know, that she is, she's about God. Um, but at the end of the day, like she said, she can operate, she's multifaceted at the end of the day. And I really like that about her. So, um, I really appreciate everything. Um, that you have done for, you know, just in so many different industries, but I'm definitely appreciative just being, um, and seeing you grow as a woman and, you know, I've ordered things from her boutique and they are amazing, you know? So just seeing her do her thing is really amazing and cool. So shout out to Jay Renee, shout out. So, um, her, if you want to follow her on social media, um, you can find her at all things J Renee. And so that's all things J Renee. And that's J R E N E E. Thank you. What's up, everybody? So we are here with another listener question this week. And we have Mike, who has wrote into myself, Ty. Mike from Jacksonville, Florida. He states, I really enjoyed the Not My President episode. You and Millie made a lot of great talking points on politics and what small things we can do we could do as a community to help break down barriers. I know you have your baby girl on the way and was curious where you want to break this cycle of political talk and the black household when you and your when you have your child and she gets older. What are your thoughts on being a mom and discussing politics with your child? Well, Mike, I definitely do plan on breaking that um, that habit that does not happen in most black households. Um, I think it's important, one, to teach our kids the true, um, not issues, but the true structure of politics and how the government works outside of what they learn in the textbook. The textbook, you know, gives you the structure of the political um, sector here in the United States and in other countries and how we vary and differ um, from democracy and bureaucracy and things of that sort. So um, one, I definitely just plan on sharing my child about politics when it comes to actually being a citizen because we in school and I don't know if things have changed, if things will change by the time that my daughter is in school. But I did not know about like voting and primary elections and midterm elections 
and um, local elections. I only knew about voting for the president every four years. And I think it's important. And, and I don't know if it was in my community that we didn't learn about politics and dwell on, um, I mean, and get in depth about politics, because that also may be a scam. That also may be a scheme going on that in the impoverished and low poverty communities, we don't teach those kids those certain things because we don't want them to have that knowledge. You know, we know that they're not learning it in their household or um, they're not learning it at school. So we'll only depend on them to learn it at their household. And if they're not learning from the household, so they're not learning it at school and they're not learning at their household, then they don't know any better, you know? Um, politics um, may be taught in depth at, in a more, uh, in a more highlighted community or um, well-off community. But definitely in the impoverished and poverty um, minority communities, we are not learning about what truly encompass when it comes to impolit when it comes to politics or whatever. So, like I said, that could be a scheme of keeping us in a box. So that is another reason why I'm definitely going to educate my daughter on on politics, and I'm not going to raise her to be a to be a part of a certain political party. You know, she will know her history about political parties. Um, she will know who is stands who stands for what and X, Y, and Z or whatever. I'm definitely going to leave it up to her decision to what political party she will identify with. But doing my due diligence as a mom, ensuring that when she is able to register to vote, that she's registering to vote. We talk about politics. She sees me and her father, you know, discuss certain things. It's about putting putting stuff in the atmosphere for your children to become accustomed to a certain lifestyle or certain things being talked about in their household. Um, so... I will definitely discuss politics with my daughter as she gets older. And, you know, I'll, even before she's able to register to vote, we'll talk about politics. We'll talk about the things that, you know, I experienced with registering to vote and voting. Things that are going on right now as she's in the womb with this crazy president we have right now and this government shutdown. Um <laughs> We will definitely discuss those things, um, and and I definitely think that it's important. Like Camille and I shared in that episode, the kids are not going to get it at school, at least within our communities, our minority communities. So it's up to us as the parents or the guardians to instill and teach our kids things that they need to know that, that the school is not providing to them. So, yes, that is my stance on making sure that my daughter is politically woke. She will be the next Angela Rye and Tiffany Cross. <laughs> so, yes, I'm going to feed that nugget in the atmosphere that she is politically woke, more politically woke than her mom at an early age. And even now, because I don't know it all, I do t- tune into my CNN um, 
all the time to stay up to date and what's going on and everything. But yes, um, if you all would like to submit a listener question, thank you, Mike, for writing in. Um, if you all would like to submit a listener question, you can definitely visit our website at www.thesisterwave.com and go to the Let's Talk button to submit a listener question. You can submit one for both and for both Camille and I to answer or individually, and we will definitely be happy to answer your listener questions. Like we state, we get a lot of questions, so we try to answer as many as possible on the show, but we always reply back personally to those that still write in. Um, And again, thank you, Mike, for writing into the show. Okay, everybody, so for this week's current event, um, I, well, for those of y'all who do not know, I enjoy watching sports, Um, definitely love college basketball, I love football, um, college and professional. I just don't really dwell too much into um, college basketball. I meant not college basketball, professional basketball. But anywho, so this week I wanted to discuss the NFL, people's stance on the NFL, boycotting the NFL, and the talk of the NFL firing um, the last few black coaches head coaches that they had um, in the league. So, of course, people ever since the taking these stands with Colin, people have been boycotting the NFL um, to each his own. I am not boycotting the NFL. I have not boycotted the NFL. I definitely stand for, you know, my community and what is right and what is wrong. Um, but I just have chosen no, that's just not something that I'm doing. Um, like I said, to each his own. There's people out there that were supposed to boycott H&M, but they're still shopping at H&M or have went back to shopping at H&M. You know, we all have our fads <laughs> just to keep it 100, just to keep it 100. So, yes, the NFL has fired more black coaches this season because of losing records. And there are currently two black head coaches still in the NFL. We have Anthony Lynn with the Los Angeles Chargers. And then we have um, Mike Tomlin with the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, who are our last two standing black coach head coaches in the NFL. Um, we do have one Latino, um, the Carolina Panthers coach, Ron, who is also a minority um, so we have three minority head coaches and the rest of the coaches of, are of the Caucasian descent. So with that being said, my thoughts as far as the NFL and sports and our minority communities and X, Y, and Z. When we think about it or if we break it down, there's really no corporation out there, and I'm not going to say no corporation, but majority corporations out there are not out here pro-minority, pro-black, um, out here for the greater cause of the black community or the minority community when you think about it. There's a lot of corporations out here, a lot of businesses that we support that we just absolutely adore, absolutely love, 
and we don't know their background story. We don't know about the CEO and what what um what they truly believe in, what's their political stance. Did this person vote for Trump or not vote for Trump? Do they believe in X, Y, and Z? And there's still companies out here that we support. So I feel like, honestly, when something is in the headline or something is, you know, like I said, a fad at this point, sometimes our black community just hops on the bandwagon, hops on the train, like I'm boycotting the NFL or whatever. The NFL is not the only business out there. It's not the only corporation out there that has shown lack of um, lack of interest in the justice of black people. There are other businesses and corporations out there that people are still supporting. And I'm not saying that it's okay to still stand by these companies or still support these companies, but it's like... If you're going to do that to one, if you're going to boycott one, you need to also boycott the other. Um, don't just boycott one because it's what you only see in the news or it's or, um, it's popular by demand right now. Like, educate yourself. Edu- hashtag, like I was saying last week, hashtag educate yourself. Hashtag educate yourself. Um, and the other point I wanted to make is, is that even though... Um, I feel like we should still be supporting our, our, um, community in a sense for the players. There's players out there who have great integrity, great, you know, morals, characters and standards that are football players out here on this field. And I feel like we should support them in a sense, whether it's a jersey, whether it's watching a game or uh, buying a ticket, whatever the whatever the cause or case may be or whatever. Because at the end of the day, our kids, our communities are looking up to these people. They are influenced. They're influencers, okay? And... It's like we want to give our kids aspirations, and I'm not saying that we want to give them aspirations that to be athletes or they can only be athletes or being an athlete is the only way, but we want to give them options of these are the different things that you could be and do in life or whatever. Or whatever. Um, me personally, I don't want my son to play football because they just play too rough, but <laughs> that's a different topic for a different day um, or when I have a son. Um, but yeah, that's a different topic for a different day, but back just to the NFL and people and their thoughts on boycotting and, um, the firing of the coaches. Um, as of right now, I think they stated that there are seven vacancies open for head coaches. So who knows those vacancies may be, we may be getting some black coaches in place, we may not get be getting any black coaches in place. Um, it sucks, but it's kind of like as a community, we're used to not being the majority. Uh, and I know people have their thoughts on they have these white coaches and the team is predominantly black and boop, boop, boop. Do do do, and they admire our players, but they don't admire us as a people. And that's when we just need 
we just need more people like Colin to just voice and speak their opinion on racial justice. And that's when we need to start holding our players accountable. I don't think it's about boycotting the NFL. I think it's we should hold the players accountable because like I just stated and like we all know, the majority of the players are minorities. They are minorities. And if we hold them accountable on speaking up for what is right, they could take over. They could definitely take over. It's going to start within. Honestly, I feel like us boycotting our people choosing to boycott the NFL is not really going to make a difference, honestly, because there's still a million other people out there watching the NFL. So, yeah, with that being said, we just really need to hold the players accountable. And yeah, but that concludes our current event for this week. And thank you all for tuning in. Well, that concludes another week's episode here of the Sister Wave. Happy New Year again, you guys. This is the second episode of the year for the Sister Wave. We are so excited about the new year. And then just discussing transitions with you all. Um, we hope you all enjoy listening to Mill discuss her personal transitions and what she's gone through. Um, and also the woman feature, Miss J. Renee as well. And then our current event as we dwell in on the NFL and the number of black coaches that have been fired this year and people boycotting the NFL. Um, again, if you all want to tune in, you can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube, and also our website at www.thesisterwave.com. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media at The Sister Wave. And again, if you want to listen, um, submit a listener question, you can visit our website and go to the Let's Talk button. Well, again, that concludes another episode for this week. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday. And thank you for tuning in.